0: Hi, this is Martha Davis from the Motels and You're listening to 10 Temecula Entertainment Network.
1: Hi, this is Robert Schuler with Melissa's Produce and you're listening in on Cord Vines and Die.
2: Good Sunday afternoon. Happy Father's Day and welcome to Chords, Vines, and Dines. Hi, Kat. How are you?
3: I'm doing good, thank you. How are you?
2: I'm fabulous.
3: I'm doing really good now that I've heard some little Mississippi blues little there.
2: Mississippi blues and uh, some bubbles. And
3: bubbles. Of course, yeah, it's yeah. Sunday. I need my bubbles.
2: You might have heard the pop at the beginning of the show.
3: That was the bottle we're opening. Freshen it. Fresh it.
2: It's a Spanish cava.
3: It's, a, it's really good, reasonably priced, and good for my frequent Sunday morning bubbles. <laughs> <laughs>
2: there you go. We
3: just listened to "Rollin' and Tumbling. The Barn Owls. By the Barn Owls, yes. And we've got a couple more of theirs coming up too, and plus the interview we had with the guys, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, the that.
2: Barn Owls, Dave Hamilton, Jeff Spiegel, and Ron Richard. Uh, a lot of fun. The, as you heard, they make really good music.
3: They do. It sounds so authentic too. Well, they said they're using uh, the equipment uh, like they did back in the days exactly. too. Nothing modern. So it's you know you're again, using without tubes giving, and
2: giving away too much of what they're going to talk about. Yeah, they they really strive for authenticity and do a very nice job. And I'm really excited. Uh, we had a last-minute cancellation. We had a, uh, an Italian winemaker who was going to be on our show, and less than 24 hours before uh, we were to tape, we got a notice that she uh, had to fly to Florida and was unavailable. And so uh, the following morning, I mean, we were hours away from doing our interviews, uh, we got uh, a publicist reached out and said, I've got a woman named uh, Brooke Bentley. Who's just uh, is publishing a novel, her debut novel, and would you like to talk with Brooke? And we said sure, and she was wonderful.
3: Oh, I love that name! Is that it? Just a perfect name, though, Brooke Bentley.
2: It is. I and think
3: when I when if I'm reincarnated, I want to come back with my name of Brooke. Okay, I think it's pretty. It, it is pretty.
2: <laughs> and wait till you hear who she's related to.
3: Her uncle.
2: Oh, it's her uncle. Okay, it's her we'll, uncle. Well, we'll hold on to that for yes. a little bit.
3: Yeah, well, it's in the no, it's not in the interview.
2: Well, well, right before the interview, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. we got to keep some things in suspense, right?
3: Of course. And uh, we we talk about this fabulous weekend we had starting Friday night.
2: Oh yes, we were at uh, Bellevue know, Winery with our dear friend Robert Rankin Walker uh, from Heyday Events, uh, and uh, what a great show uh, with. Uh, the uh, the OC oh, Cult.
3: OC Cult, Cult Tribute. And, and there was
2: the Green Day Tribute.
3: Uh, green, green Green Today. Uh,
2: green Today, that's right. And then our wacky <laughs> friend, Pavel, uh, and his band Desire, which is the U2 Tribute. Band.
3: Boy, did they ever rock the place, too. They headlined, and I I don't think I heard Pavel any better before wow. than he did Friday night. And how he about was... that light show? Wasn't that incredible? The light. laser light yeah. show. That's Robert. And we were all out there dancing and having a good time. And, boy, that place was hopping. Robert always does a great job. so.
2: And I got to check out my new swinging lounger.
3: Yes, you did.
2: <laughs> very cool little folding chair that uh, rocks. It swings. It's very very comfy and... Uh, I'd be a... too relaxed in there. <laughs> uh-huh. I sat
3: in it, tried it out. I would be so relaxed. I wouldn't want to get out and I'd probably fall asleep. <laughs> Got a... Nothing wrong with that. Braden sat in it and he'd sing this, you know, rock of my baby. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Which we did take Braden and he had a fabulous time out there.
2: So we can both raise a glass to our Heavenly Fathers. Dad, Dave, love you, miss you.
3: My dad is Ch- Charles. Mm-hmm. And then my my kids' dad, David, and my stepson's dad, my my second late husband, (laughs) Roger. Right. Mm -hmm. So So all these wonderful. Cheers to all of them, absolutely. And to all of our fathers now. Like I said today on Facebook, that's right. All of our even those that are not fathers that have been act like fathers. You know, I even thought today there should be a sort of a tribute to mothers on Father's Day. (laughs) Well, for the single mothers dead. that have had to do the yeah, father jobs.
2: You're right. no, you're right.
3: Which I've had to do, too, a few yes, times. So, um I don't want to take any credit for it all, but I did have to do some of it. Yes, you did. Yes. And anyway, uh, what else do we have exciting? Go- oh, and I had my Sassy Mamas event yesterday. Yes, you
2: did, and it went very well, didn't it?
3: At the Elks Lodge in Wildemar, the, uh, the women's Elks put on this and they're doing another one i understand in november but i had my sassy mamas my fruit butters uh my dijon mustards mm. and i only had the one chutney the lemon jalapeno chutney this that's time.
2: what i have on my cracker right now is your lemon jalapeno chutney which is
3: I'm gonna have to mm. i only have one jar left mm. that sold and then the the spicy bacon jam mm-hmm. and i got to thank my friend marie Who suggested I make a spicy bacon jam. fabulous. You know, I'm not a big meat eater, and I wasn't going to go anywhere into that. But she said, oh, you've got to try it. And you said, well, it would probably work out. So I created a recipe. And it is spicy. It's got um, serranos.
2: Jalapenos.
3: Jalapenos. um, uh, Let's see, Thai peppers, I think I put in there. And red pepper flakes. It's got it's a lot in there. It's, it's good. And then the uh, spicy Dijon Very good. has habaneros in yeah. there.
2: Yum, yum, yum. And I know you were so envious of me last night when I, for the first time in my life, shucked oysters. <laughs> and I, said, I sent you a picture <laughs> of one of my shuckins.
3: Yes, that did not look appealing.
2: A little fresh squeezed lemon juice and some hot sauce. And mm, mm, mm. And sh-
3: and, and, you, and the cut on your hand? Yep, right. From shucking. That little lowy right
2: there. The little
3: owie, <laughs> poor oh, <no>. little oyster.
2: <laughs> I don't feel terribly sorry for them. No, and I'm sure. And no you're pearls. T- I didn't get any pearls. No
3: pearls, mm-hmm. guess they weren't old enough. I guess not. You need to get the old old oysters.
2: <laughs> so later on, we'll do our game of food. Yes. I have our cards all lined up. You've been on a winning streak. You've been
3: no, I didn't win the last time. Well, you you won one. Just because you knew, you'd been all over the world and knew all these things. Sorry, <laughs> but um, I got to mention too. Next Saturday, our friend Patty Roberts, with the uh, Stats Horse Sanctuary right. at Wildemar, uh, has an event going. Another uh, fair, uh, sort of a fundraiser to help because she does it all on donations.
2: Yeah, Patty's wonderful. And we uh, are so lucky to be involved with her.
3: Yes. So And I believe Sassy Mamas will be out there again. Great. So I'm going to be busy again this week. What else is new? Making more spicy bacon jam. Yeah, that was such a big hit every time. So again, Marie, thanks for giving me the idea. And a lot of people have come up and said, try this or try that. And I'm always willing to create something. Open
2: to suggestions.
3: Yep. Well, I have fun creating. Give me an idea and I'll figure something out.
2: Shall we move into our visit with Dave Hamilton, Jeff Spiegel, and Ron Richard, the Barn Owls?
3: The Barn Owls, yes. And then right after our interview with them, we're going to go into some more of their music, Kind-Hearted Woman. So shall we do that? Let's do it. Well, Tom, I'm excited. I'm excited, too. I'm excited. We've got Dave Hamilton. from. Um, I, I, let's go back. <laughs> I met Dave several years ago with the Rhythm Methods and we had them on the show and their music was absolutely incredible and and now Dave's come up with another band called the Barnells, entirely well, different genre.
1: Um, I'm, I'm, I, I'm more of a tag along than anything, it was uh, more um, Ron and Jeff who started talking about it and I was like in the room so I'm like, well, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's how it happens sometimes.
3: Well, you guys are great. Right. And so we've got Dave Hamilton, we have Jeff Spiegel, and Ron Richard. Is it Richards or Richard? No S.
2: No, no Wes. Wes. Ron okay. Richard.
3: Good, I had it right. And Dave, or uh, who wants to be the spokes- the main spokesperson here? Um,
4: uh, yeah, my name's Jeff. I can uh, hey, Jeff. answer anything that you need to lie to. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're right.
3: open to that. Okay, so how did you guys... Right. Okay, Jeff,
4: you and Ron started the, the Barn Owls. Yeah, so it's... Uh, I moved up here to Awonga last year, uh, which is where Dave has lived for several years. And like you said, we had been playing in the uh, rhythm methods prior to that uh, for years. And so I would make the drive up here, or he would make the drive down to my area to rehearse once a week. And it was great, and then of course uh, the time comes when I move up here, and then all of a sudden we don't have a drummer. and uh, We're living right down the street from each other, and we're not playing any music, and it was just uh, a shame. And that music that we were playing was more of a a jazz fusion uh, type of music, which uh, we love. And we still do. But uh, also, I've always had a deep appreciation for the blues. And uh, so i kind of told Dave, uh, you know, we got to figure out something. This is ridiculous. We're living right down the street from each other and not playing any music. So what can we do? Uh, Maybe just the two of us to try to do a duet kind of thing. And so I was trying to play some foot drums while I was playing guitar and kind of opened uh, the door to uh, new possibilities. But playing fusion music that way for me was impossible. (laughs) <laughs> so, I opted for a simpler music, and i was uh happened to be playing with Ron in a different project and uh started thinking uh with and that other project was not straight ahead blues it was more of americana and uh so uh I started thinking you know why not put that together and do straight up blues uh trying to concentrate on things from nineteen sixty or earlier and I my drumming skills are uh, <laughs> I can pull it off a little better on the blues than I could on fusion while I'm playing guitar. So well, that that's was kind of great... how things happen, and it's been great. We've been able to uh, get some music together, and Dave and I are now uh, playing regularly again, and living right down the street from each other.
2: 1960s and older is a great era for blues.
4: Yes, sir. Absolutely. And then we're not we're not opposed to newer stuff, but it just seems that most of the stuff we're doing is. That vintage.
3: And you got Ron Richard in there. Brought him in.
4: Yeah, he's been obviously uh you gotta have some harp if you're gonna play the blues. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, he does a great job of it.
3: And now does Ron live out there too, or does he have to make the commute to Alonga?
4: He drives up the hill from Temecula.
3: Oh. It's really not that bad a drive.
4: That's what we keep telling him.
3: <laughs>
2: One of these days he like he'll join in yeah he said
3: you make it every week (laughs) you try
4: this every week (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so it's a newer project and we're uh bulking up our catalog and uh getting ready to get out there and play live for people and uh, excited to do it
2: do you have anything booked yet any gigs
4: uh yeah, we are booked at the uh Stone Church Brewing? Yeah, Stone Church Brewing in September, nice. which is what date is? September thirtieth. September thirtieth.
5: Next door to
1: the old town blues. Yeah.
3: So what kind of background um before going way back, how did you guys all I mean, individually start off being musicians and doing what you do now? Did you already that
5: one first? yeah this is ron um i started kind of my music uh, life in texas i w- was lucky enough to perform and tour with the texas boys choir and sang uh first tenor and we did broadway musicals and from there uh continued to be in choirs and things like that throughout school and then probably around middle school i started playing harmonica and i started playing in blues bands when i was uh, 13 14 15 and Uh, Last few years, I've toured with a band called the Bud Rose. We were on tour for about four years out of uh, Santa Rosa. And uh, I've played with uh, a lot of different bands over the years in terms of rock and alternative stuff, blues. And um, I'm really happy playing with these guys because I was doing a podcast for about a year and a half and it was all focused on the history of the blues and where blues originated and then uh, that turned into uh, discussions about microphones and amplifiers and harmonicas and equipment and uh, uh, so a lot of the songs that we're doing which i really like we've authenticated that old delta mississippi mm. blues sound with uh, the tube-based equipment we use and the harmonicas i use and the amps and so on and so forth so i think it's uh, Uh, it's really been uh, a joy for me to kind of revisit some things that I've, I've loved for a lot of years, but now am able to really focus on with these guys.
2: Ron, I lived in Santa Rosa for many, many years, and it was not uncommon for me to be walking down the street and run into Charlie Musselwhite.
5: Well, I have a picture of Charlie and I in my studio, and I actually met him in Ventura. And uh, I've also met and played with James Cotton, wow. and I've also played with uh, some of the guys from the Grateful Dead. How
2: wow. blessed are you?
5: Yeah, I'm a very <laughs> blessed guy. I've had a lot of fun in the music industry.
2: Yeah, I, I met James, uh, I lived in the Virgin Islands for a few years on the island of St. Croix, and he was there for a concert. I ran into him i think at six or seven o'clock in the morning walking down the street i said james you're up early he said up early what the hell i haven't been to bed yet
5: (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's a super nice guy and uh when i when i ran into him and uh, at a couple shows and we were talking about equipment he was the guy that really turned me on to this uh guy who builds custom microphones Mm. up in um up in the napa valley area so uh he really connected me with somebody that he uses and endorses and it's been uh
2: been great for me lucky you
3: wow that's incredible um who's who's the songwriter in the group all of you you have your own originals and do you do covers too
4: yeah so uh in the uh the starting phases here we've been uh focusing more on covers a lot of muddy waters elmore james uh little walter robert johnson uh jimmy reed jimmy reed Reed, Reed, the three kings and uh yeah and we are in the process of i I do write a lot of music i play in uh, another band called the off-ramp (laughs) beggars and uh i have written a lot of music for that group and when i started this i kind of was of the opinion that I only wanted to play other people's music in this project because I've never really done that before but as we're uh, getting it together already, songs are starting to filter in that we're going to play that are original
2: You mentioned the Three Kings Um, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area and I remember one night at the I'm pretty sure it was the film war. It might have been Winterland. It was Freddie King, Albert King, and B.B. King. Are those the three kings you were referring oh, to? They, they sure are.
1: Yeah, I what saw them lucky, all in one night. I,
3: I, what a I great show to see. And Bobby yeah. Bluebland
1: Wow. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. I yeah. Saw, I
3: saw the kings, all the kings, and Bobby Blue Bland. Oh, gosh. It was probably 20, you know, probably more, more than, than, than that. More than that. 30 <laughs> years ago. Um... Out at the Wiltern Theater in L.A. Oh, cool.
2: Yeah, for nice. It was 40 years I ago love the Wiltern. Yeah.
3: Well, I keep forgetting how old I am. <laughs>
2: 40 <laughs> is not old, yet.
3: <laughs> yeah, I saw them when I was a are. baby.
1: <laughs> Forgetting's good. <laughs>
3: Gosh, I keep forgetting. Yeah, it just seems like yesterday, but no, it had to have been at least probably 30, 30, 35 years ago. I'll, I'll give it that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you guys are, are, are you going in the recording studio, going to put out your CD with the music, or?
4: You know, this day and age, what is a CD? That's a stream. <laughs> I
3: know. You stream I think,
4: it. I think our plan is to record singles and put them out as singles. Nice. Cool. And once there's a cluster of songs we want to call an album, then we'll group it together and call that an album.
3: Well, vinyl is making a comeback, so people are doing vinyl
4: now. That's right. And we are, uh, part of uh, me moving out here to Owanga uh, enabled me to build a recording studio here, which is where we're actually sitting now. And, uh, so we're pretty much a DIY kind of project. Once we, uh, want to get some recording going on, we're going to most likely do it ourselves, maybe go out to some other studios, but, uh. So yeah, we'll be posting more and more songs on our uh, website and uh, get them onto all the different platforms, uh, Spotify and iTunes and whatnot. But I'm kind of thinking that we're going to do just singles instead of making complete albums for now.
3: Well, it's a way to go until you got it together, you know, all together, like you said. That'd be great. And then yeah. Get your popularity going. People start noticing. and They'll want more.
4: Yeah, that's that's the goal.
3: Well that's so, good. So you're gonna be at Stone Church Brewing in September.
1: On the thirtieth. That's
4: right.
3: On the thirtieth. Let's mark that down on the yeah, calendar, it, Tom.
1: Anything yes. that comes up before that, Kat, we'll let you know. Please.
3: Oh, you'd love it. I'd love to come yeah. see you guys live.
1: Yeah, I mean basically the video that, that uh you saw that we have on YouTube where we're just the three of us sitting side by side. Mm-hmm. That that's our plan to present the music.
3: Great. Just like me. that, I think it's wonderful. Everybody's got their own um, way of doing things, and there's nothing wrong with what you guys are doing. It's perfectly good. It's wonderful. I think it's it's marvelous. Well, Jeff
1: doesn't have a choice because he's using his feet and his hands. And his <laughs> you
2: have the official Don't mama any cat questions while we're playing. You have the official <laughs> mama cat blessing on what you're doing.
3: Oh yeah, I think it's great. Every I I really enjoy your music. And I've really enjoyed the rhythm methods, too. And I, I'm just saying your, your whole genre switch is, is wonderful. Not very many people could pull that off. And um really look forward to seeing you guys in September.
4: Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your
2: time.
3: And keep, us yeah, spo- keep you. me posted what you guys are doing, and I'll keep promoting you.
1: Yeah, we okay. really appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. All right. Take care. Oh, can we mention our website?
3: Oh,
1: Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, com.
3: And and YouTube, the same thing?
1: Uh, The links are on the website. Okay. Or YouTube, yeah. Yeah, The the YouTube videos are on the website.
2: Facebook, I imagine.
1: Uh, Instagram. And
4: I don't know that we have Facebook yet. But we do have an Instagram page.
2: All right. Well, we'll put links on the website.
1: Yeah, that'd be great.
2: Thank you, guys.
1: Thank, Thank you. you. I'd be happy Thanks, to uh, share any updates with, with you guys. Um, happy to do that for sure.
3: Wonderful. Thank you so much.
1: All right. Thanks Thank so you.
4: I got a kind heart of woman Yeah, anything this world
3: The barn owls, I just love that. I mean, I'm sitting here just that. That's my blues. That's my kind of blues. Oh, they're great, wonderful. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see them live. And and one thing I got to say too, you know, everybody is doing something different on their promotion, um, and and how they're marketing. And there's really, it seems like no wrong, wrong way to do it.
2: You do what works for you.
3: You know, back in the day, it was only, you know, one way you did your CD, you did your demo pack, you mailed them out, you right. did all of that. And now with all the new technology and everything, there's, everybody's doing whatever works. And it does, you know, it, it's really cool.
1: Well,
2: I'm looking forward to September 30th when we can go see the boys.
3: At Stone Church Brewing. Yeah. I wonder if they have wine there.
2: Uh, they might. Reminds me of the evening we went to see our friend uh, in Lake Elsinore. The... <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? Martin? Martin Trammell.
3: Yeah, I think we went to see Martin.
2: And I think you said, do you have Cabernet? And they said, we have red and we have white. <laughs> and they brought you a glass of red and it was ice cold. Ice cold. Whatever it was.
3: Yeah, I wondered if they had a wine list. Oh, they had <laughs> a red and white. <laughs> one, one box of red and one box That's of white. right. Well... I'm not really a wine snob, (laughs) but I did want something. But anyway, um, I am looking forward to the Barnells very much. Me
2: too. Look what I have in my hands.
3: Oh, your cards.
2: I have the game of food.
3: Don't read the answers. I'm looking at the front (laughs) of the cards.
2: The questions and answers are on the back. I'm going to give you people in pop culture.
3: People in pop culture, huh?
2: And cooking techniques.
3: Oh, you got! You probably know all of these.
2: Well, we'll see. I have not been on a, a really good streak lately. I'm going to start you off with regional dishes. Oh boy! Oh, the, right. the The the, the Koolicky, K-O-L K-O-O-L-I-C-K-L-E, a summertime specialty in the Mississippi Delta. How more appropriate could that <laughs> be? we yeah. were just listening to Mississippi blues is made from popsicles dipped in frozen Cool Whip, popsicles made of Kool-Aid, pickles soaked in Kool-Aid, or frozen orange juice blended with vanilla ice cream. They're called Coolicles.
3: I go with the pickles. Is that C? Ding, 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 ding. ding.
2: Pickles soaked in Kool-Aid C, correct. That was a good cat. Well, actually, (laughs) the name kind of gave it away a little bit. Well, I would have thought Coolicle. It would be Cool Whip and Popsicle.
3: Oh, no, I thought Pickles. Oh, okay. I I had to think of something really strange. (laughs) And it worked.
2: (laughs) I think I'll take a pass on Coolicles. That doesn't sound terribly good I'll take a bite. Okay, I'll take a bite. I won't buy one. I'll take a bite of somebody's. What is my category?
3: Your category, people and pop culture. Okay. Uh in Goodfellows, oh you should know this when Maybe. you're we'll Goodfellas, see. Uh what was Polly's very good system for meal prep behind bars? Okay. A. Bribing guards to smuggle in Parmesan. B stashing a leg of prosciutto in his pillowcase. C. Slicing garlic with a razor blade. Or D stealing wine from the warden to make tomato sauce.
2: I'll go with A um bribing guards
3: to smuggle in parmesan no ding <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> what was it
3: uh, slicing garlic with a razor blade aha uh-huh. I, d- I did not see good fellows
2: well <laughs> pretty intense well that's think, that's uh, why might be a little much for you to
3: yeah i'm i'm kind of a wimp at those things
2: okay now we're going to try you on ingredients okay most citrus fruits are a hybrid of three common ancestors The mandarin, the pomelo, and the citron. This is one exception. A, grapefruit. B, ugly fruit. Remember we had ugly fruit not that long ago? C, tangelo. Or D, yuzu. Which one is not a hybrid of three common ancestors?
3: Hmm.
2: Want the choices again? Yeah, give me the choices. A, grapefruit. B, ugly fruit. C, tangelo. D, yuzu.
3: Tangelo. So, Yuzu. D.
2: Yuzu. Yeah,
3: I almost said that. I should have gone with my first instinct on that. Okay, you ready for this one?
2: Category is?
3: Cooking tools and techniques. I'm
2: as ready we, as I'm going to be.
3: Um, what is the name of the ceramic bowl traditionally used for whisking matcha and steaming savory egg custard? Hmm. A. Chasen. B. Chawan. C, cha, Chanou, C-H-A-N-O-Y-U, or D, Chamoy.
2: One more time, please.
3: Jason, C-H-A-S-E-N. Okay. Chawan, C-H-A-W-A-N. Chanou, cha, C-H-A-N-O-Y-U, and Chamoy, C-H-A-M-O-Y.
2: I'm go with B.
3: You got it. C h a w a n. So we one. tied. We tied. One one. Did you guess or did you know that? It's a
2: hundred percent guess. <laughs> <laughs> I shall not lie.
3: Well, I'm thinking D that that chamoy is like is a is a, a fruit yeah, a vegetable. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a squash yes, type thing, is. a Mexican chamoya. Chamoya. Cher, ch- well, this is just chamoy.
2: Okay.
3: Not quite chamoya, but. Yep.
2: Well, okay, we I'll will settle for a tie. I've been on a bad streak on answering these lately.
3: Good, you <laughs> deserve it. You're still ahead of me on that.
2: So our uh, our guest, I'm uh, really excited, and I think we're gonna see more for her. Her book is actually not coming out until August fifteenth, and it's called Sideline Confidential. Her name is Brooke Bentley.
3: Beautiful name.
2: Be- beautiful name. And before we started recording, she said. Oh, by the way, she said I looked up your podcast and I see that you talk about uh, food, music, and wine. She said I have an uncle um, that's—I don't know if you like country or not—but he's a country artist. I said, "Oh, really? Who?" She said, "His name's Dirk Bentley." I went, (laughs) Uh, "Yeah." (laughs) So, uh, with any luck, we'll have uh, she'll reach out to Dirks and uh, we'll we'll have him as a guest on the show. That would. But I'm
3: anxious to get her back on the show too after her book is released. Because she did say she liked to talk about food and things like that, too. So yeah. we need to, to, you know, get our, get her on again and go further than just her book. Oh, of
2: course. But she spent uh, a couple years uh, with the Houston Texans. She's a journalist, and she uh, – the book is a novel, but it's based on a lot of uh, real events that uh, she witnessed uh, sexual discrimination in the NFL firsthand. And, right. And uh, – so as you'll hear her say, it's okay. You can look pretty, but you better not look sexy. And you can be smart, but not too smart. You don't want to show up the the boys. And
3: That's so, true. That's, she is fascinating. Yeah. She really is. So shall we get into the interview with her?
2: Let's do it. To have Brooke Bentley on with us. And uh, Brooke, I especially have to thank you because we had a guest cancel uh, due to unforeseen circumstances at the last moment. And you stepped right in. Thank you so much.
0: Well, thank you, Tom. Thank you, Kat. You know, I was approached to talk about food, wine, music, my book. I thought this is a dream show. I would love to join. So I'm I'm so happy to be on with you guys.
2: (laughs) We have a lot of fun and uh, we hope at the end uh, you'll you'll decide that you had fun too. I want to hear about your new book. You have a book called Sideline Confidential. Tell us all about it.
0: That's right. Uh, It publishes on August 15th and it is A book based somewhat on my experiences working in sports journalism and also working in the NFL, but it's really a story of a lot of women that um, I have known through my sports journalism work. Um, It is—I pitched it as "The Devil Wears Prada" set in professional football, and it's a—I just thought you know, it's about this young journalist who's super idealistic and returns to her hometown to work for the NFL team there, and so. She goes to work for this team, Bright-Eyed and Bushy-Tailed, and then realizes that there are quite a few challenges to being a female working in that world, um, and some of these are challenges that I experienced per- personally, but a lot were um, challenges that I talked to um, about with other women who've worked in the industry, and it was really a wonderful um, way for me to connect with other women who have worked in sports journalism, or professional football and i felt just so privileged to get to hear their stories and lend them together and create this fictional book um that tells this young woman's journey to try and make it in this very difficult world
2: so you want to be pretty but not sexy right
0: right you know there's a tightrope um and it's really hard especially for young women to navigate i think and i that was something that i found out firsthand because um I wasn't quite prepared for that. I just came in thinking, all right, I'm going to work for a team and I'm going to, um, you know, produce content and people are going to think my words matter and that's that. <laughs> but everything is based a lot, especially when you're young, on your appearance. And it was like, okay, well, so you need to look good, but not too good. Don't look sexy. And you need to know a lot because you got to show that you know a lot, but don't know more than the men in the room and don't outshine them. And so it was really, I started to learn to try and navigate that, walking that tightrope but it's easy to fall off especially when you're young and you don't really have the chops to be able to stand up to your superiors
2: you before we started the interview you mentioned a lawsuit in the nfl Tell, tell us a little bit about that
0: that's right actually in the first week of may news broke that the states of california and new york are suing the nfl for gender discrimination and harassment and um You know, I really think so. I worked in the NFL. I worked for the Houston Texans. I I live in Houston and I worked for the Texans for two years Um, and it has come a long way. I mean, things have really progressed. And and I also say this team that is in the book is set in Oklahoma City because I didn't want it to be based on one singular team in the NFL. Um, There have been a lot of sexual harassment allegations that have come out of Washington, D.C. in particular. And I really followed those stories and dug into those stories. Um, but it's not about the commanders. It is not about, you know, the former Redskins team. Um, this, my, this story is completely fictitious, which is why I invented a team. But sadly, these stories that have happened in the book are things that do happen in, in the NFL. And this league is so powerful that, um, you know, unfortunately these, these things get covered up or people get settled, you know, settlements happen. And, you know, I think that there've been enough women who've been upset and have filed grievances, um, who work for the league in particular, not sports journalists who cover cover the NFL. And so, um, there were enough women at headquarters in um, the NFL's base in New York, but they also have a big presence in California. And those women, um, their lawsuits reached a higher level, and finally, the states the states decided to take action.
3: I'm trying to think back when the when the first woman actually got into into uh, sports, um, as far as as um, commentating. Like with the NFL, was that like Phyllis George or somebody like that? Wasn't she?
0: What? She was. I mean, it's you know, um, Leslie Visser was one of the real pioneers too. She was the first woman to be a TV analyst for the NFL and one of the first women to go into an NFL locker room. Um, I mean, there have been some incredible pioneers along the way. Um, uh, Christine Brennan, who's a writer for the U- for USA Today, uh, she was. Um, one of the first female sports reporters, she was in Miami, and then she went to the Washington Post. And At that point, NFL teams did not allow women in the early 80s into the locker room. And so, you know, she just said to her boss at the, at the Post, how am I going to do this? And so he called up the then commissioner of the NFL and said, You have to change your policy. I have a really good reporter here. She's very talented, and I want her in the locker room. And so the NFL commissioner actually said All right, all women are allowed to interview players in the locker room, but it's up to the teams to make that decision, but you need to make the players available. And so most of the teams decided they would allow the women in. I think there were a few teams, like the Cowboys, who selected separate rooms where the women reporters could go into. They couldn't go in the locker room. They had to go into a separate room. But it was really Christine Brennan um, who helped facilitate that change to allow women
3: into the NFL locker room. And were you able to uh, interview a lot of these women back then for your book? or? You know, I have not interviewed her personally.
0: I've read a lot about her, and I used to be part of an organization that she started called Awesome, it's the Association um, of Women in Sports Journalism, Sports Media. Um, and so, I, you know, I've followed her story quite a bit and been invested in um, all that she's done for women journalists. But I did talk to other women, and I've talked, and some of them, you know, d- didn't want to be named. But um, I talked to women who work for different teams throughout the league uh, in different areas. I mean, from Florida to the East coast, to Washington. Um, and so it was interesting hearing, I mean, I don't, I don't know if necessarily the geography made much of a difference. It's really been widely reported that the Washington commanders, you know, formerly this all happened when they were the Redskins were, um, it was a very toxic culture. I mean, and, and the, the harassment suits that were brought out were, were uncovered by the Washington post. And then it, you know, it prompted, um, a congressional round table. And so, um, you know, the, the, I think the Redskins paid like a $10 million fine. And for a team that's worth billions of dollars, yeah, that's, that's a nothing. drop in the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing, you know? And then they just go about their business. Um, and so uh, I talked to women within those organizations. Uh, and I have taught, and I've, you know, I've been lucky enough. I, when I was in journalism school, I wrote to Leslie Visser for a piece. And so she was wonderful. She emailed me back, Um, some really great stories and notes. And so um, I've also tried to stay true to the history of um, sports journalism for women.
3: Now, did you find in any of this, the players objecting to being interviewed by women? You know, never objecting to it. I would never say that. Um, I
0: think that there's a different demeanor and sometimes it's it's a good thing. There's a softness, they open up more. and that, that can also, you know, be helpful because I think some women find that they can, um, you know, there's not necessarily uh, the competitiveness maybe with a male reporter that some feel. But for the most part, I think it's very different to when you're a seasoned reporter. I mean, if you're going in there and you're an Andrea Kramer who's been doing it for a long time and commands a ton of respect it's very different than a young woman in her mid-20s who goes in and you know I've seen those women be teased sort of and or you know uh, just you know flirted with probably Um, I have a friend who's worked for ESPN the magazine and she was in her late 20s I think doing an interview in Jacksonville and she was set up in a room to do an interview, and the player got on the massage table. He thought she was the masseuse, and he just was so. Su- I know he was so surprised that a woman this young was in there reporting from esp in the magazine. Because he said, "Oh, you're the writer," and she said, "Yeah, I'm I'm the writer." And he was like, "Oh, I thought you were my massage therapist." And said, I'm really sorry. I'm very. He was very embarrassed about the thing, and she said it was very nice. But you know, she said that's part of being a young woman is that you just maybe aren't taken quite as seriously.
2: How, how much sexual discrimination did you experience in your years with the Texans?
0: I mean, I was lucky. I worked with some really great people. But I also, you know, there were just little things that happened. Um, you know, I mean, like I said, um, you know, I, I feel like probably um, what I wore, what I looked like was commented on a lot more um, than I was probably comfortable with at times but i was also young and thought okay i don't push back and this is any attention maybe is good attention and so i just roll with it and just you know i i didn't really know any better um but i saw it more as i got older and saw it with the other younger women and thought right. i was in that same position and gosh i wish i would said that makes me uncomfortable or you know i don't it Thank you, but no, thank you, and sort of moved on. But I didn't know um, how to handle those situations very well. How could you? Yeah, Um, and you know, I I feel like um, I've talked to other women, and they really, for them, I think the hardest part is is sort of the comments that um, and not being able to be taken as seriously and. Maybe not getting the scoop right away, or you know, someone from a media person from another team will kind of buddy-buddy with the guy journalist who's been there forever, and they get let they get squeezed out. And so you just have to work sort of twice as hard to show you know your stuff and you're serious about what you're doing. And I think that's the hard part is that you really, I mean, still to this day, I do think women have to work even harder to show that they that they belong there.
3: Oh, I agree. I totally. Well, not just with uh, sports, but I think almost in any field, young ones starting out. And also, you're dealing with the fans, too, that, that may not like what you're writing about their team. And uh, come back and, and you know, say some nasty things to you, too. It'd be hard not to get your feelers hurt on some of those.
0: Yeah, I heard a lot of different things, you know, because people can hide behind uh, social media very easily and comment on stories or things that you write or report. And so I did develop a thick skin early on in that regard, but I I do think that's helping me with putting a book out in the world because it is a very vulnerable place to be in when you write a book for the first time and you put it out there um, and you know it's going to be critiqued. That's that's part of the game. So I feel like I've been through, you know, comments like, Oh, she's not. She's so ugly. She looks like Steven Tyler on drugs. I was Ugh. like, oh OK, my God. thanks. <laughs> I, all, I thought, well, that wasn't really necessary. For me. But um, I was very windblown, uh, you know, covering. I think I was at a Super Bowl and I, I worked for the NFL covering some events, too. And so I, I went to a couple of Super Bowls and a Pro Bowl. And, um, you know, anyways, I just sort of had that, I had to laugh at off because it was so ridiculous. Yeah, I yeah. think
2: you call those people trolls.
0: Yes, exactly. (laughs) Great age
2: role. Oh, Brooke, I can't thank you enough for uh, coming in at the last minute, and uh, your book, Sideline Confidential, will come out on August 15th. Is that correct?
0: That is correct.
2: Well, I've already got my advanced copy via PDF, and I'm going to be tearing into it tonight.
0: Well, thank you so much, Tom and Kat, for having me. It was a real pleasure. I'd like
3: to wish we could talk more, but we just... We could go on for hours, I think, talking about (laughs) this because it's really fascinating.
0: Oh, well, I would be happy to come back anytime.
2: We would love to. After the book is published, let's have you you back. Oh, that'd be wonderful. What a great guest, and uh, how fortunate we... It's funny, I think things are meant to be sometimes where our guest canceled uh, at the very last minute, and uh, that's the only reason we wound up getting Brooke, and she was wonderful.
3: She was. Like I said, I really want to you know, interview and talk with her some more because I'm sure she has a lot more to...
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and like you said, we could talk about food, we could talk about music, we could possibly get her uncle to come be a guest on our show. Um, yes. But, yeah, very that would be That would
3: be a real thrill, but not not necessary, but that, it would be... No, a th-
2: not at all. But uh, we'd love to have her back. And uh, Sideline Confidential will be available on August 15th.
3: I can't wait, because you got a sneak preview, don't mm-hmm. you? You have the PDF, don't
2: I? You? Do I have the whole book?
3: Hey, I got I just got to want to kind of talk a little bit more about sassy mamas. We're oh. sitting here with our bubbles. Mm-hmm. It, it was a bu- every Sunday. I feel like I need bubbles, but anyway, I've got the lemon jalapeno chutney that Yum. was, and the spicy bacon jam. That's my
2: favorite. And the my new favorite
3: red onion Dijon mustard,
2: right with garlic,
3: and the spicy. Uh, Dijon mustard. And I'll
2: tell you which one I really love is the apricot butter.
3: And the apricot oh. butter. All of those we're having on crackers with a little cream cheese. I didn't mm-hmm. have any goat cheese. That's my, mm-hmm. my go-to cheese is goat cheese. But I had some cream cheese here, And we're sampling these. And these all sample so good. They're great on as an appetizer. So on So we a went sandwich old school saltine crackers saltine crackers well you know you got to do what you got to (laughs) do i've had a busy weekend i haven't had time to get to the store to get all the fancy stuff but you know still it goes great with our bubbles
2: so next week we have two confirmed guests we're going to be visiting with james b rosu rosu senior who's written a book called success on your own terms and uh Passion comes from inside, stoke it, setbacks happen, find your way around, over and through them, be willing to receive, then give back, pay it forward. So we'll visit with James, and we're also going to visit with the uh, chiropractor to the stars, his name is Dr. Statton, and uh, he's up in the Seattle area, he's uh, uh, worked with all sorts of big names. And uh, he talks. He'll, he'll tell us about how much uh, chiropractic could save you on medical bills, and and about some of the clients he's worked with. So,
3: and I don't have it confirmed yet, but we are going to have my good friend Barry Keenan. I'm going to call Gary or Barry <laughs> and set it up. <laughs> I <been a> <laughs> my <weekend>. good friend <laughs> uh, set up our interview with him. He is. I, I've known. Gosh, I've known Barry for many, many years. Met him through um, our friend Mandy Martin, who passed away a few years ago, but she was producing him, and, and she was so right on producing him. She saw him perform and said, I'm producing <laughs> you, and that's it. And Barry is with the Invisible Poet Kings, and he's mm. got some exciting things to talk about. And then also my friend Brian Keeling. Okay. he was. I met Brian when he was drumming for Shooter Jennings. Oh, wow. And he's been through... a. Uh, touring with other artists and he's got some news coming up so i'm setting up those interviews now but we look forward to them in in future shows
2: and as we were talking uh, off air uh, i've got a couple of guests that i'm going to do my best to get uh, on the show that are pretty notable people yes
3: so when uh i'm sorry but when i'm doing my sassy mama's weeks i'm kind of lagging here well that's all right
2: (laughs) you're a sassy mama
3: but I'm excited about having Brian and and Barry yeah. on the show, and I look forward to interviewing with them. All I right, get here's, here's up. your
2: mission. There's a TS on the top of the cork of the uh, freshernet cava, so you have a week to tell me what that stands for. Tough shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first it's, thing that came I can to see mind. Where your mind went. <laughs> <laughs> on
3: that note <laughs> happy father's day <laughs> happy father's day everybody we're going to end the show with with the uh, barnells, barnells and uh with their their song love in vain so i'm so excited to to have them on the show and their music The it's just yeah. really fitting for me today i get into that mississippi <laughs> blues and boy i'm lost so All right. Well, thank you, everybody. See you next week. See you next week.
4: This is Robert Rankin-Walker. You're listening to Cords and Vines on 10 Temecula Entertainment Network.